0: So we're looking at a new series on Philippians and the the general heading is Taking Risks for for God. And this particular talk is entitled Speaking Out. And in the reading that Mark's just brought us, um, Paul shows us that it's both possible in in the face of opposition and, ironically, most effective in the face of opposition to to speak out. It's the most effective when there are difficulties and trials and tribulations. And his letter, Paul's letter, is a wonderful testimony to the power of the gospel precisely when we are facing the most testing of times. That's what I mean about this feeding into into Paul's testimony. It's easy, isn't it, to be positive when things are going well. Very easy. I've got no debts, no financial worries. I've got a good income, a good pension. My health is good. All my family are well. It's easy to be positive when all is right with the world. But when you take away some of those securities, it's not so easy. If you're struggling with money and with debts and you can't seem to get out of debt, when you're working harder than ever at your job, or at college, or at school, but you don't seem to be getting anywhere, when you're worried about your health, when you're worried about your children or your grandchildren and the kind of world that they are growing up into. It's not so easy to be positive then. We've heard a lot in recent weeks about the difficulties we face as Christians in the world today. And it's not easy being a Christian. Um, I think before Christmas, Graham preached about trouble and in John 16 verse 33 we have the verse in this world you will have trouble and one version of the Bible says the world will make you suffer this of course is is nothing new there has not been um, a single time since Jesus's birth when it's been easy being a Christian. Persecution and suffering are an unbroken theme. There's been no golden age. Persecution and suffering have always been there. But what I haven't said is the next part of that verse in John sixteen thirty-three. But take heart, I have overcome the world or the Good News uh, Bible version, but be brave, I have defeated the world. So what we need is a Jesus perspective on our situation. Whatever situation we find ourselves in at the start of 2016, a Jesus perspective can be one that is transformational. And Jesus may not change the situation you find yourself in. And again, this came through Paul's testimony. But he can change you in the situation. He can change you and how you deal with the situation and how you cope with it and how you witness in that situation, and how you respond to it. Do you know, perhaps sometimes we're guilty of praying for the wrong things when we ask God to take away a bad situation. Because I think God often wants to teach us through difficult situations, and to transform us in those situations. There's a story of uh, two rallies, a Socialist rally and a Christian rally, taking place back to back at the same time. And the Socialist speaker points to a poor person in the crowd and says to the Christian speaker, my Socialism can put a new coat on that man. What can your Christianity do? And the Christian speaker turns to the Socialist speaker and says, well, my Christianity can put a new man in your coat. <laughs> Jesus can transform your situation. As many of you will know Dale Plant. Dale Plant, when he came uh, over at one time, uh, was working at Albury Wells School and doing some assemblies, and he used one repeated line in in his assembly, which was, "Don't let your circumstances." lie to you don't let your circumstances lie to you whatever difficulty whatever situation you're in don't be downhearted because Jesus is there Jesus is there as Paul said with his arms around you prepared to pick you up and prepared to carry you don't let your circumstances lie to you And it's the same message in this reading. Don't follow the lies of the world. The world is full of lies. And don't follow the the negativity that you see around you, particularly negativity that's portrayed in the media. When I was preparing for this talk, um, I was listening to the Today programme, which is Radio 4, uh, many of you probably listen to Radio 4 in the morning. Um, and I was listening to the Today programme. This wasn't last Friday, it was the Friday before. And here's a snapshot of the news. OK. Listen to, listen to the positives here. Unsecured household debt reaches new levels as people struggle to afford to live. Whilst eating my cornflakes. Well, that's, that's nice to know, on a Friday. Uh, heightened tension between North Korea and South Korea. Nuclear meltdown coming? Oh, that's good. Syrian residents starving to death because rival factions uh, are block food aid. Any alcohol at all is now bad for you. <laughs> yeah, I struggled with that one. Um, And I think there was something about the Obama uh, running up against a brick wall with the gun laws as well. Do you know, there was only one piece of news that was positive. One piece of news that was positive. And it was to do, not with people, but with an adorable little creature. It was to do with the world's oldest tortoise. Called Jonathan, and it said, um, Jonathan gets a new lease of life after being put on a high calorie fruit and vegetable diet. And Jonathan is 183 years old. It's, that's good going, isn't it? It's good going. But I ask you, the one good piece of news and a whole news program was about a tortoise. And I love tortoises, but I th- I've got this sneaking suspicion that there's some good stuff going on out there that we don't get to hear about. Where's the balance gone? We need a Jesus perspective. And when we have that perspective, we will see transformation. Not necessarily in our situation, but in the way that we see ourselves in the situation. And I also think we not only need that Jesus perspective, but we need to be refreshed by the basic truth that our faith is good news. I've already referred to the good news uh, version of the Bible, and I like the way that this particular version of the Bible has emblazoned on the front cover, the words, good news, as if if we're gonna forget. Good news, because we do forget, don't we? There's a story of a a mother taking a young son, five or six year old, on a walk in the countryside. And as they pass a field, the little boy sees a horse in the field and says, "Mum, look, a Christian horse. And mum says, well, no, it's, it's, it, it's a horse, but it's, it can't be a Christian. I mean, God's made the horse, and we, we, we're, the horse is there for us to enjoy and all the rest of it, but it's not, it's not actually a Christian. Yes, yes, it is, mum. It's definitely a Christian horse. Okay, son, why, why do you say that a horse is a Christian horse? Well, it's obvious. It's got such a long face. I think sometimes we need to get the joy back into our faith. It's good news, isn't it? Good news. The angel talking to the shepherds, I bring you good news of the birth of Jesus. Let's have that Jesus perspective, that good news. Paul's letter to the Philippians is marked by good news. It's. It's a letter with an emphasis on joy, confidence, and unity. And yet, it's amazing, isn't it, to produce a letter with such a feel good factor in the circumstances that Paul finds himself. He's under house arrest. But his house arrest has actually, ironically, led to the spread of the gospel, not to the confinement of the gospel. The New International Version, which Mark read from, uh, uses the, the heading, Paul's Chains Advance the Gospel. Paul's Chains Advance the Gospel. Do your chains help you to advance the gospel? Do my chains help me to advance the gospel or do they prevent me are they a hindrance for paul for both paul's the chains have been a help haven't they to advance the gospel and that's a real a real challenge do we embrace difficulty and challenge do we see opportunities to spread the gospel to spread the good news of Jesus? Or do we think, oh, I'll wait until I've sorted a few things out first? The fruits of Paul's house arrest are clear to see. His captors and guards have been told about Jesus, verse 13, and the believers in Rome are more actively proclaiming the good news, verse 14. Uh, One Bible commentary puts it like this. Here, talking about Paul, here is a person not just making the best of his circumstances, but actually turning them around for the glory of God. Not just making the best of his circumstances, but turning them around for the glory of God. Paul is not just sharing the gospel with ordinary Roman soldiers either, but with the palace guard. These were like the emperor's elite uh, troops, the green berets, if you like and they guarded Paul uh, night and day, uh, and yet allowed him the freedom to write this letter and to see visitors. And they'd probably rotate on a four hour shift, these guards uh, looking after Paul, but he would have spoken to many of these Roman guards and they would know that he was in chains for Christ. And you've got that interesting bit in this reading about preaching from impure motives, which is quite interesting, isn't it? But even that doesn't uh, worry Paul. He's not upset by it at all. Paul has the ability to see the big picture, that his imprisonment um, in a key Roman province is actually giving him a unique opportunity to spread the gospel to the very heart of the Roman Empire, in that place. And it's not, it's not just about what, what he's doing, it's about what the rest of the church are doing as well. He's giving, his part, he's giving his partners in the Gospel, the Philippian Christians, an opportunity to develop and exercise their ministries as well. So Paul recognises that God has given him this strategic placement so that God can fulfil his greater purposes. That phrase, strategic placement, what, what strategic placement has God put you in? What strategic placement has God put me in? Maybe we should take, well, maybe we should actually think that the placement that we're in at the moment is the right one for the time being. God may move you on into something else, but maybe where you are at the moment is where He is wanting you to blossom and bear fruit. Uh, My aunt used to have a a poster in her kitchen, Blossom where you're planted. Maybe where you're planted at the moment, your strategic location is where God wants you to bear fruit. So we should be encouraged to take the opportunities to speak out with boldness as those Philippian Christians did. Paul values the truth of the gospel more than he values the attitudes of those who preach it. And as as we find in the reading, there were some that were trying to stir up trouble for Paul. But whatever their motives, the gospel was still being preached. God's wider agenda and purposes always rises above our petty agendas and purposes. Uh, Paul hated false teaching But these brothers are at least sticking to the gospel and to the truth of the gospel. And the truth of the gospel always overrides our schemes and our limitations. There's a a wonderful verse in Isaiah 55 verse 11 in the New Living Translation, which goes like this. It's the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. It's a great reading that, isn't it? It's the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. And it will accomplish all I want it to do. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. This is an enormous relief for, for teachers and speakers, house group leaders. Because it's it's not about us. It's all about, as we sang earlier, it's all about you, Jesus. And if we stick faithfully to God's word, it will it will bear fruit. It will do its work. Paul was passionate that Christ is preached in every way possible. Are we prepared to show that same passion in whatever circumstances that we find ourselves in? Are we prepared to have a Jesus perspective, one that transforms, not necessarily the situation, but us in the situation? Are we prepared to use our chains, whatever they may be, not to hinder but to advance the gospel? Are we prepared to embrace the strategic placement that God has put us in? We're not alone. We are partners, co-workers in the gospel. So let's encourage one another as we speak out and witness. Let's be faithful with his word so that it goes out, does its stuff, and returns to God with interest. Short and sweet. Amen.